Hello, this is Fuji from Hawaiian.news. Today I am with Austin Martin, a local in Hawaii, and today's interview is unique and different and special because he has been living in Hawaii for many different years, left and came back. And just as important, he has an emotional connection to Hawaii in the music and the culture and the nature. And today we're gonna to be talking about the instrument. And can you tell the audience what's the proper way to say that instrument? If you're here in the islands, call it the ook, the hmm. ukulele, right? That is the, the, the proper way. Now, if you're, if you're talking about phonetic English, everybody else says ukulele, but there's no why okay. there. So <laughs> how do you say it again in Hawaii? Ukulele. Okay, and on the mainland, you would probably hear it as what? Ukulele. Hmm. Now, how many strings does the, well, can we say guitar or? Well, on the guitar, you're normally dealing with six strings. That's standard, right? Um, on the ukulele, you're dealing with four strings. So it's a smaller assortment of strings and it gears the instrument more towards a chording application. So you can make chords very easily strum, you know, all four of your strings without any interfering strings. And what I mean by that is on a guitar, because there's six strings, it necessitates that you have to hold down a lot of strings with your hand all at once, or else you'll have notes that are out of resonance with the chord. Can you explain to the audience what, and this might be an oversimplification, but also, you know, as an editor of Hawaiian.news, I'm also an educator of middle school. And could you explain to the audience what's the difference between, say, a four-string bass guitar and this? Part of it is the range, but the instrument itself is designed to produce these higher melodic tones. It's designed to be more of a lead instrument, and the ukulele is really unique in that, that it's designed with a lot of the same features as a guitar for resonance, but it's pitched much higher with fewer strings. And the great guitarists and great ukulele players will tell you very uh, insistently, if they know what they're doing, that the key is not actually like volume or force or anything like that, but finesse and selection. Interesting. Now, Martin, what is your background with music? I'm self-taught entirely. Um, I have enough working theory knowledge to be able to communicate with other musicians about chords and timing, but um, I, I play almost entirely by ear. So I, I love lots of different things from classical compositions all the way down to like uh, reggae. Well, tell the audience, when you were growing up, say 10, then teenage years, and, and then in your 20s, what music did you grow up with? I'm really glad you, you asked that. You know, in my early years, I really liked classical music and I actually learned to play the piano first. And it was in that love of trying to imitate what I was hearing with my ear, one song in particular that I, that I recomposed on the piano when I was about that age, around 10 to 12, it's Pachelbel's Canon in D, mm. right? Uh, which is kind of a popular arrangement. People like that, it's used as a wedding march, right? A really great Christmas. song. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I learned to play that on the piano, right? And 
I pigeonholed myself, and that means I practice the same thing too often to the point where I, I, it's hard to keep stretching yourself. Explain to the audience, and this might be self-evident to some listeners, but to some listeners who are young and wanting to learn, what is the difference between your hands and how you play a piano and that of a guitar? Surprisingly, not that much. See, that's, that's something that surprised me, and it took me a while to get it down. See, I tried to play the guitar, and I never really got good at it. But once I picked up the ukulele, I started recognizing these chord shapes that repeat over the instrument. The same chords that you learn on any one part of the instrument can be repeated anywhere else as long as you're duplicating it on all four strings. And since there's only four strings, it guarantees that you can hold down all of those strings comfortably. That gives flexibility on the ukulele that the guitar could never have. I don't think I answered your question, though. <laughs> Would you feel that it's more demanding to learn on a piano than a regular guitar? The nice thing about the piano is that it's all mapped out right there in front of you. So you can see, if you will, the chords. The guitar is mapped differently, where each fret represents four or six notes and on the ukulele it's four notes without any of the frets being held down without any holding holding of the strings it goes g c e and a right if we move up onto the first fret we've moved all four of those notes up one half step and again right and so by changing the configuration of where we're holding them down, we can create triads, chords, major and minor. All four, four note configurations are possible on the ukulele. Where I've pioneered is I've taken it beyond chording and I've started applying a technique. I'm sure I'm not the first person to figure this out, but I don't know where else it comes from. Uh, lots of flamenco pioneers on the guitar, for instance, they use a lot of percussion with their hands, right? Very cool technique. I wanted to apply that to the ukulele and see what it sounded like. And I ended up learning that I can use the body of the ukulele more like a drum than you ever could on the guitar, just because of the size difference. Flamenco is an amazing art form and music from Spain and that influenced so many other forms of music, obviously Latin America. Mm -hmm. um, what is the major difference in size, if you could explain to the audience, in a regular acoustic guitar, a electric guitar, and the ukulele? So the regular acoustic guitar, the size matters. Although the thing that matters most is internally how the wood is, the, the sound bars, if you will, the pieces of wood, the ribs inside help to direct the resonance. The other thing is the density of the tone wood that's being used. That's the traditional, like what makes a great violin versus a, a regular violin. And some of those factors are really interesting. We won't get into that. The difference in size is that an ordinary acoustic guitar relies on its large size to create the sound that it does, right? It takes better instrument making the smaller that you get to produce the same amount of tone. So, for example, what would the difference 
be between the ukulele and the, well, the famously known Mexican mariachi guitar. Now, that's a really great comparison. The mariachi guitar is smaller and designed for flexibility, the ability to move around, right? Um, yeah, unless you're talking about the really big one, um, <laughs> which, again, I'm musically rather ignorant. Remember, I'm self-taught on everything. But um, on the ukulele, the, the size allows for even more flexibility. And especially, that's why the flamenco technique seems so interesting to me. Because of its small size, I can adjust it as I need, and I can tap it on more of the body. I can reach more of it more easily without resetting where my fingers are when they're hitting the strings. And so it allows me to do careful selection of a single string while maintaining a beat. That's very hard to do on the guitar. Just of, off the cuff. One of the well-known um, musical musicals out there is also West Side Story and so many others that incorporated a whole bunch of, well then, well, modern music at that time. And then later on, we had so many influences from the movies and movies helped bring in more different, lesser known musicians and music styles. One that comes to mind is the famous musician from Hawaii, the late Israel. Bada um, is. He, um, I believe he was, that music and that song was actually in the movie with uh, Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. Meet Joe Black. And that was Over the Rainbow, famous song from the 1940s. And could you give us an example of Over the Rainbow with your ukulele? I can, but with the disclaimer that it's not my <laughs> best style. seven years. I think I picked it up in 20, like 14. Around there. Okay. Okay. So I, my count might be a little off. It's a little <laughs> over that. <laughs> but that's amazing. That's a beautiful instrument and it truly is, well, part of Hawaii. Um, what advice would you give to beginners learning how to play it? I'll, I'll put it in two ways because this is advice that I give a lot. I love teaching people to play. It's really fun. Um, the first is, is that learning to write with your left hand is very difficult. But if you keep trying, you'll eventually get your muscle memory correct so that it's comfortable, just like writing with your right hand. The reason that that seems really difficult for a right-handed person, or vice versa if you're left-handed, 
is because we haven't practiced enough on that muscle memory. And that practice is not fun because you're not able to write with the same beauty that you can with the other hand. It's not as rewarding. That same principle is exactly true with the ukulele. The more that you stretch yourself and practice those unfamiliar and difficult finger positions, the more comfortable that you get on it. And the more comfortable you get, the more mes muscle memory that you develop, the more natural it becomes to speak in that language through your hands and through the sounds that you can produce on your instrument. That is directly tied when you make it an automatic process. The heart flows out. You can randomly improv music at any point and just express yourself on the instrument. And that is what I want. I don't care about being famous or making money. I care about the fact that I can enjoy myself by simply just expressing whatever feelings are on my heart with sounds that kind of go beyond words. Jimi Hendrix was famously known for his rock and roll. And of course, he was ambidextrous. It's amazing to see him play in old footage. And it is a talent for people to play with the left hand and right hand. And it's definitely a skill that I would definitely recommend anybody trying to learn to play the ukulele to aspire to. Uh, definitely. And the other thing is, is that it, a lot of people think when they see somebody who's playing really, really well, I remember watching people who were better than me when I first started and thought, oh, I'll never get there. But that's actually totally not true. Clock mad practice hours. You wanna know the real secret? I keep it surgically attached and I don't ever leave it behind and I bring it everywhere I go, even in the grocery store checkout line, and I make myself practice, right? And that constant practice and practicing walking while playing, that makes me divide my brain power between the effort of walking safely where I'm trying to go and still producing the music. And that's one of the things that really makes my practice effective is, is that I make it more difficult for myself that way, but I keep doing it. And that's the key is, is that if you want the reward of being able to communicate like that through an instrument, it takes a, a, a lot of hours of practice and familiarity, but once you have that, you've got it, right? And so it is, you can totally do it. It doesn't matter if you're seven years old and you decide you want this, you could start clocking the hours and start putting in the practice and you will have it in very little time. So, what does the term mean to you when they say music is the most beautiful language? I think that in every soul there are thoughts and words that we have within ourselves that we could never put into an expression that another soul could truly understand. And when we play music, we come very close to touching directly on those feelings and communicating so much more and less than we ever could with words. It's one of those really important things, like the expression of a face. How important is it for your musical inspiration to be in a place like Hawaii? Hawaii is so different than other states, obviously the climate, the geography, the people, the food. How important, how does it affect you as a musician with your musical talents? I love that question, thank you. I, I feel like Hawaii inspired me, that the Aina infected my soul and had a little grip on me that grabbed the musical part of me and said, there is a part of you that belongs here and I'm gonna call you back. 
right? That's, that's what it was like. I, I am very inspired by the islands, but I also have all of my own identity and history. I don't try to be a cultural chameleon in that way, right? I, I want Hawaii to influence me, right? And what's cool is that I actually, most of my like hard practice, <laughs> some of the time going from beginner to advanced happened on the mainland. And I have missed the island so bad. And I learned so much more rapidly because the ukulele was like the connection for my mana to the island. And it just reminded me constantly of the call to come back. Now, at one time you came to Hawaii, then you left for how much, how long, how many? Uh, What was it? We left in 2015, 2016, Mm -hmm. late 2015, I think, somewhere around there. Um, And then... We're back in 2020, so a fair amount of time. About as much time as we were there in the first place, so four to five years. And can you explain to the audience the term and the concept of Aina? Aina. The Aina is the land. The Aina is our islands. It is a very special land, and it has its own personality, right? The Aina... And how do you pronounce it? A-I-N-A? Aina. Okay. Aina. Right, each vowel gets its own pronunciation in Hawaii, but some of them do blend. And how? And what does it mean to you when you were back in the mainland? In the mainland, the land is different. Where I'm from, it's very flat and uninteresting. Um, the people are different. The culture is different. The the expectations and assumptions are all different. It's very interesting. It's one of the wonderful things about traveling, but Hawaii has something special. The land here has its own special character and personality, and it attracts certain kinds of souls, and it has a very rich and unique history. There's no other place in the world like Hawaii. You talk about Hawaii as if it is truly alive, in the trees, the birds, the animals, uh, the land itself, the lava. My personal belief on this is that there are spirits which have been commissioned by the Most High God to oversee things and that they take on their unique characteristics and express that through the natural world. That may seem a little mystical and a little strange to some, but I believe that this place, again, has a unique spiritual um, quality to it. Connectivity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all kinds of interesting tie-ins, pseudo-scientifical tie-ins on that. But yeah, it is almost like the island is alive. If you try to come out here and you don't belong here, the Aina may not allow you to stay, is how the locals will talk about it. Or that some people can't stay away. And no matter what they do, the Aina calls them. And they know inexorably that at some point, they're going to end up back in the beautiful Aina. So... That's fascinating. This has been a, an amazing interview, and I want to say thank you, Martin, for this interview on the ukulele. And before we close out, could you leave us with a song? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. I think I'll, uh, is the cover okay, or should I do an original? Any song you want.
My pleasure. Much love. And by the way, uh, online, it's Austin Shiloh is where you can find my music. And will be posted on Hawaiian.news. To learn more how you could contact Austin Martin, visit us at www.hawaiian.news. Local news you could trust. <laughs> 